And good afternoon, and thanks for joining us on this um, sweltering Balmy. afternoon. Balmy, said Jeff Napolitano. For, I first have a little announcement to make that I wish I didn't have to make, but the Greenfield Public Library is a designated cooling center, and we just got word that it's closed for the foreseeable future because the air conditioning crashed. So um, I don't. I wish I knew how to tell you to keep uh, track and to find out when they've got that problem resolved. But in the meantime, I don't know how. So folks in Greenfield and Franklin County, please figure that out because we need a cooling center up there. Um, hello, Bill Newman. Hello, Buzz Eisenberg. The multi-talented Bill Newman. Uh, Dan has the uh, weekend. He has plans for the weekend, so he has a day off. And guess who's running the board for us? Beats me, Buzz. Who's supposed to be running the board? <laughs> oh, it's me. <laughs> it's you. I do hope you know. If, if you hear dead silence, you know who to blame, folks. Yes, you do. Let's be clear. It's me. It's my fault. I'd like to apologize early and often. Okay, Buzz, what do you got? What I got is you hear that din of sanctimony coming from Washington, from the White House, from the Capitol, from mainstream media about the Russian... Uh, Excuse me while I cough. <coughs> I'm better now. The uh, Russian uh, sentencing of Brittany Griner. And it harkens me back to a time when you and I, Bill, were doing a lot of clemency work. Yes. And we were uh, representing people who um, had, were all people of color. <coughs> you talk while I cough. Okay, so Buzz and I did a bunch of, uh, not a bunch, we did a number of clemency cases, and this was from the Clemency Project 2014, which under the Obama administration was a way in which individuals who had been sentenced to long sentences, I mean, we're talking about decades and decades in federal prison because gen uh, convictions generally having to do with drugs uh, received these sentences that were just gargantuan. It's unbelievable. They were nonviolent. We, uh, we, and we... We're fortunate. Uh, four of our six, we actually received clemency uh, for, and a fifth has now been out uh, as well. So, all good news. But one of I just want to the story that Bill just told uh, applies to most mostly all these people were people of color, overwhelmingly. I had a guy in Mississippi went down, met him and his family. He uh, had uh, two hundred dollars worth of weed. He was doing a thirty-four year sentence. So as we sanctimoniously say, how could Russia possibly do this? And by the way, even worse than being black and living in Mississippi and having a couple hundred dollars worth of drugs is bringing it into this country. Um, so our war on drugs, our war on marijuana, it, it, I am in no way trying to minimize the nightmare that Brittany Griner is uh, mercilessly suffering and it is wrong, I am appalled and we all should be but let's remember not to be too sanctimonious about such things i just had to get my two cents in after i was through coughing so this week the good thing is a very good thing jeff napolitano yes okay so it's a busy weekend uh and right off the bat i want to tell everybody tonight seven thirty, florence civic center uh there's going to be a screening of live free or die about local farming and how uh, it, is it, it farm it, free or die? Farm free or die. Oh, I'm sorry. Live free, free or, or die, die is another thing. The uh, press release is uh, slightly wrong, but that's okay. Um, 
Farm Free or Die is going to be at the Florence Civic Center at 7.30 tonight. There's going to be Jim McGovern. There's going to be Joe Comerford, uh, the mayor of Northampton. It's going to be all sorts of celebrities. It's going to be a great time. We're going to talk about that in more detail in just a minute. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about that's happening on Sunday is the Hiroshima Nagasaki Remembrance. I just want to point this out. It's been all over the Gazette uh, for the past couple of days um, at Nashawanic Pond in East Hampton, this Sunday, um, there's going to be um, a uh, remembrance uh, ceremony. It's going to um, include the floating lanterns uh, that was the tradition uh, dating back to my time at the Resistance Center for Peace and Justice and the American Friends Service Committee and was started by the Valley's Francis Crow a gazillion years ago. Uh, I think it's actually 30 the 40th, 40 years ago, something like that. So it's been going on for quite some time. It's a good uh, actually, it's a fun event. There's, you know, we've been handing out free ice cream at this event for the last few years, and um, and Marion Sara, uh, Miranda Gru, and Chelsea Faria are all um, carrying on that tradition. So this Sunday um, at Nashawanic Pond uh, in the evening uh, at dusk. Um, before we talk to our guests in the studio, I want to point out uh, the sort of ongoing segment of where's Merrick in the vein of Where's Waldo? Where's Merrick Garland? What's Merrick Garland doing? Uh, the last two times that we talked about this, we didn't have a lot of things to report, um, but Merrick Garland actually gets some props for two different things. Um, one of the things is that he, uh, or at least the Department of Justice, um, but he announced charges yesterday against police officers who he says falsified info about um, uh, the the uh, the investigation or the, the situation that led to them storming Brianna Taylor's house uh, and ultimately killing her, um, and so he is charging four different police officers in that case in Brianna Taylor's death. I'm I'm giving him credit. That's great. It's uh, it comes a little bit late, but okay, no problem. Better late than never. The other thing to point out is that it does in fact look like. There is an investigation into our former president for January 6th and all of the shenanigans that uh, he was up to. Um, there's been uh, a grand jury that's had Mark Short, who was um, Vice President Pence's chief of staff. He testified. There's another, a num number of other uh, Trump administration officials who have testified. Um, we're not going to know anything for a while because this is a grand jury and obviously it's a big deal, but it does look like, to his credit, Merrick Garland is doing something around um, Trump and uh, all of the clearly illegal things that uh, he uh, participated in, at least some of the illegal things that he participated in. So I wanted to get that out of the way and give credit where credit is due. Um, that being said, oh, and actually, if you really want to listen to a good interview, there's this up-and-comer in the radio industry. His name is Bill Newman. He's got a show that you can find on this great website called whmp.com. Uh, on Tuesday's show, this past Tuesday, uh, August 3rd, I believe, uh, he interviewed uh, former U.S. Attorney John Pucci, um, who talked about this grand jury investigation and what you can expect and not expect from it. Um, so everybody give a listen. All right. We have two great guests in the studio. We have Elisa Klein from 
Grow Food Northampton. She's the executive director. And we have Roger Sorkin, who's from the American Resilience Project, um, the founder and director of the American Resilience Project. Um, they have a great event that's going to take place in just a couple of hours, 7.30, Florence Civic Center. Um, first, let's just start off with the basics. Let's talk about Grow Food Northampton. If you've been living in a closet for the past 20 years, Alisa, what... Or if um, you're not from Northampton. Or if you're not from... I mean, same difference, right? Um, tell us about... <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your um, your organization, Grow Food Northampton. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, first of all, it's not 20 years. It's only uh, 13, but uh, the organization was founded as a food justice organization for the Northampton area. Um, we have three core components of programming to create a just food system in the Northampton area. Uh, food access, and that is for everybody to be able to access fresh, local, healthy, nutrient-dense uh, vegetables that are grown within a 20 to 30-mile radius. Um, and we do special programming for people who don't have enough to eat. So we make sure that those folks have access to low-cost and free vegetables. Uh, so that's our food access programming. We have a land access program that uh, is situated on our 121-acre community farm. We have 10 farms leasing land from us. Uh, we have prioritized offering land, no-cost land, to people who have been harmed by the conventional food system, mainly farmers of color and queer farmers. And we also have a very large organic community garden. And we also offer education programming to adults and kids about being engaged with the local food system. All right. Uh, well put. Um, and so tonight, um, you're teaming up with the American Resilience Project, whose uh, founder and director, Roger Sorkin, is here. And um, why don't you tell us about this? I mean, I, I actually hadn't heard of the American Resilience Project before, because apparently I have been living in a closet for the last few years. Um, but you're a Florence resident. Could you talk about... Um, your organization, how you started it, what it does, and so forth. Yes, well, thanks for having me. Uh, so the American Resilience Project is a nonprofit based in Florence, and uh, we make documentary films that are designed to influence public policy and cultural change. And mostly we focus on environmental issues and energy issues. Um, but we're looking at food security, and that's the focus of this new film. Um, we started this organization a couple of years ago after making a couple of films already that looked at the intersection of energy and climate and national security, really trying to reframe some of the narratives that I had felt had been pretty stale and um, one-dimensional uh, for way too long. Either you were for the economy or you were for the environment. Um, and we know that they're intertwined, and we know that what we do to the environment directly affects the economy. Uh, and so what caught my attention uh, about 10 years ago or 12 years ago now was that the U.S. military had put out a, uh, their quadrennial defense review in which they called climate change a, a threat multiplier. And I thought that is it. That's the narrative. Uh, we're not going to get into polar bears and tree hugging. We're going to talk about this in broader terms. Um, we're going to try to reach audiences that have not been at the table or who have been thought, who had thought that it's about something else. Um, and since then, uh, we've made a number of films looking at the intersection of national security and environmental issues like sea level rise. Uh, we have another series of films called Current Revolution, which is designed to accelerate and navigate the energy transition. And this latest film, Farm for Your Die, is designed to enhance food security with a specific focus on public policy so that we can incentivize regenerative agriculture, 
help farmers make a living and um, deal with carbon removal through agriculture. All right. This is a lot. It's a big deal. Um, <laughs> Roger Sorkin, American Resilience Project. Lisa Klein from Grow Food Northampton. There's going to be a great event that we're going to talk about the, the details in just a minute when we get back from these commercials. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. It would be so nice to come home to. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. What, what I'm trying to communicate is that there are many, many layers of, of safety management in place at every source to ensure that we reduce as much risk as, as possible. Does the Bliss Street Station intentionally vent gas regularly? Because I can tell you that it vents gas. Pretty much every time I've gone to that area, I have smelled gas. 101.5, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Getting your credit score and credit report free is another great reason to bank at Greenfield Savings Bank. With the GSP Credit Center, you can monitor your credit score and credit report as often as you like, set up alerts, and find tips on how to improve your credit score. Getting your credit score and credit report free is another great reason to bank at Greenfield Savings Bank. With the GSP Credit Center, you can monitor your credit score and credit report as often as you like, set up alerts, and find tips on how to improve your credit score. Monitoring your credit score and report is an important tool in protecting your finances and can help you identify errors and prevent fraud. Our GSB Credit Center is just one of the great benefits that comes free with both our free online banking and our free mobile app. And with the GSB mobile app, you can check your score and access your credit report free anytime and from anywhere using your mobile device. And checking your credit report at the GSB Credit Center will not affect your credit score. Sign up today at any of our offices or online. Greenfield Savings Bank. Greenfieldsavings.com. Member FDIC. Member DIF. Mobile carrier charges may apply. There are farm fresh eggs just around the corner and beef across town. Local food is all around. It's a connection to your community, to the land and the people. There's a handy guide to the farm fresh food all around you, the local hero guide on the CISA website. You never know how close you are to something good for dinner tonight, something harvested just this morning. CISA's local hero guide, your guide to farm fresh food, on the CISA website, buylocalfood.org. Everybody needs help sometime. Seven out of 10 Americans are one paycheck away from being homeless. In Massachusetts alone, there are 10 new homeless families a day. One in four people will have a mental illness at some point in their life. A brain injury can change a person's life in an instant. ServiceNet helps more than 10,000 people each year. Every day, we help children with behavioral issues. We work with babies suffering from developmental delays. We shelter the homeless. We offer residential programs for people with severe mental illness, developmental disabilities, traumatic brain injuries, and substance addiction. And that's just the beginning of what we do. We are here when you need us. We have five outpatient counseling centers with convenient locations in Hampshire, Franklin, Hamden, and Berkshire counties. At ServiceNet, we believe that everybody has the ability to live a meaningful life, and we're here to help make that happen. For more information, please check our website at servicenet.org. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we're back with Jeff Napolitano's The Good Thing, although this week it's a very good thing, and it's happening tonight, Jeff. Yes, just a couple of hours. Uh, we're here in the studio with Elisa Klein from Grow Food Northampton. 
uh, and Roger Sorkin from the American Resilience Project. Um, okay, we've got a, um, a big event, Florence Civic Center tonight uh, at 7.30. Um, we're actually going to um, see the, the, your new film, um, Farm Free or Die. Um, and um, could you talk about just the substance of it, but also why did you choose the people to, to talk about it um, that are coming? For instance, our own Representative uh, Jim McGovern uh, and Joe Comerford is going to be there on the panel. Um, so what's, what's it all about? So the film is looking at the climate crisis through the experiences of farmers. They're on the front lines, um, and we know that if we don't have healthy soil, none of us are going to have uh, food security. So we need to make sure that we are helping first take care of farmers because if we can't, can't take care of them, nobody's going to take care of our food supply. Um, they know, even if they are conservative, as a lot of the farmers in the film are, that climate change is a highly politicized issue. They know that whether they think it's man-made or not, um, that doesn't come up in the film. What comes up is things like we are getting slammed by weather that we've never seen before, and we are getting hit with erosion and pests and other sorts of environmental changes, no matter what the causes were, and we all know um, that it is, in fact, man-made. But we don't have to have these debates to get distracted. You know, what we're trying to do is mobilize support for public policy like the Farm Bill, which comes up next year. It comes up every five years as well as other bits of legislation, uh, especially right now the Reconciliation Bill, which has a lot for climate-smart agriculture in it. Um, so we went to Nebraska, Tennessee, Minnesota, Iowa, Maryland, uh, South Dakota, and we talked to farmers. Okay, uh, so just yeah. the, so these farmers are, they may not believe in climate change, but they at least understand that this is having an impact on their, on their, their job, on their profession, on agriculture. So some of them. There's actually only one farmer in the film who off-camera said, you know what, I don't know if it's man-made or not. But all of the other farmers readily admit the climate is changing. Uh, we just have moved beyond the point where we actually need to debate the cause of it. Gotcha. And they need help. Okay. And they recognize that they need help. Absolutely. And in fact, one of them says, I oppose government intervention with every fiber of my being, but in this case, I need the government to help me. <laughs> Except when it comes to me. Then you're right. I, I understand. Okay. So this is, you know, this is a bunch of um, these are presumably like large farms that you were in farm owners that you were talking to, and this is across the country. And so I wonder, you know, Grow Food Northampton um, is sort of known for focusing on our little valley and, and the farming that happens here. And so I'm wondering, Elisa, how the connection um, is made between uh, what Roger's work is and, and what your work is. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I love the partnership between Grow Food Northampton and American Resilience Project because uh, Roger's film, Farm Free or Die, really does focus on federal level policy. Um, but we at Grow Food Northampton are this local organization focused on small farms, um, organic farms. And one of the things that people don't actually know is that about 50% of the food that's eaten globally is produced on farms that are smaller than 25 acres. So yet the, the lobby for big ag for industrial agriculture is so very powerful. I think they spend over $100 million a year on lobbying. So we get to be the voice in this picture, an organization like Grow Food Northampton for the small farms and the farms that are really doing the work of transforming our soil, pushing back against climate change, 
and um, making sure that our community eats local food, healthy local food. I see. Can you just say that again? So you said that 50% of the food that people eat globally comes from farms that are less than 25 acres? That's right. That's right. Oh, that's, I would not have, absolutely not have guessed that. Okay. Yeah, Big yeah. Ag is, the, is really the lobby that controls everything that gets done in the United States around our food system. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so you've got this film, that, um, it's, uh, I think, it's, uh, t almost 30 minutes, 29 minutes long. Um, everybody can come out to the Florence Civic Center uh, at 7.30 today uh, on the lawn outside and, um, and watch it, and then there's going to be a panel. And um, as I understand it, there's a particular um, sort of um, perspective that each of the different panelists bring uh, to to the, the conversation. So there's sort of, so do you want to talk about who's on the panel and, and sort of the different aspects that they're going to tackle? Yeah. Well, first of all, this is a community event and it's on the lawn outside an outdoor film screening. We're excited about that. And free. And we hope people will come out. It's totally free. Um, it will open with our elected officials. So Mayor Gina-Louise Sherrill will uh, welcome the audience and uh, Senator Comerford will introduce our Congressman Jim McGovern, who has been so key to so much positive um, ag policy and food policy in this country. We're really honored that he's going to be there to speak. We'll uh, view the film, which is a 29-minute film. And afterwards, there will be this panel of experts, including Joe Comerford, our, our state senator, um, Gabby Immerman, who will speak to alternative agricultural land use and management, different ways you can own agricultural land in a more kind of equitable fashion. Um, and Roger Sorkin will be there to talk more about his film. Uh -huh. And we're very lucky to have as a panel moderator, Lily Lombard, who is the founding executive director of Grow Food Northampton. Okay. So there's like the, Roger's bringing like the large national perspective. Gabby's bringing sort of like the local uh, perspective and, and Joe's, Joe's in Joe Comerford, I'm sorry, state Senator Joe Comerford is, is there a sensibility to talk about the policy that she's working on at the state level? Yes. Thank you for clarifying all yeah. that. We really wanted to hit all of those notes from local to state level to the federal level and the, the relevant policies to creating just local food systems and, and food, the food system in the United States overall. Okay. Um, just one final question um, before we before we hand the show back to, to Buzz is um, to Roger. Like, how, how did you settle upon this? I mean, there's like a gazillion issues, crises to deal with now. How did you settle upon this as you know the thing that you want to focus on right now? So I think for the better part of the last 12 years or so, I thought, what is the work that I can do with the skill set that I have that is going to help address the climate crisis? Um, you know, we can all just do what we know how to do. And I know how to make films, and so I've always been interested in uh, public policy. Uh, in fact, I got my first job working at a public radio station doing public affairs radio as well. So um, I, I know that storytelling and communication is a powerful tool if it's used properly. Uh, and I ask a lot of very smart policy people, what's going to be the best film that I can make to help you do what needs to be done? Um, a lot of folks told me, keep your eye on the farm bill. Every five years, the, the, the federal government passes a farm bill that allocates billions of dollars for all kinds of agricultural uh, efforts. And um, this was it, you know, this is our, probably our last big shot to incentivize regenerative agriculture at such a scale. Uh, so that's, that's why I got hooked on this particular story. Okay, great. 
All right, folks. Well, one more question. Yes. <laughs> Other than by coming tonight to this incredible event, Elisa, how do people support Grow Food Northampton? Well, you can volunteer, you can donate money, you can uh, get a, a garden plot in the organic community garden. There are all kinds of ways you can plug in, and you can just look at our website at growfoodnorthampton.org. And Roger Sorkin, how do people support what you do? Well, we need money to make films. So you can go to our website and donate as well. We're a nonprofit based here in Northampton, amresproject.org. That stands for American Resilience Project. That's great. Thank you both. Jeff, good job. Thank you for bringing these folks on. We are going to be uh, taking a break right after the break. We're going to have um, the president and CEO of the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. We're going to be talking about the windfall uh, uh, exemption provision, elimination provision, and we're going to be talking about this, uh, uh, what Roger was talking about, the Inflation Reduction Act and those climate provisions in that act and uh, how they might help, including the drought protection provision. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. There are 43 new cases of monkeypox in Massachusetts this week which brings the total to 157 in the state. The Massachusetts DPH is working with local health officials, the patients, and healthcare providers to identify individuals who may have been in contact with the patients while they were infectious. Individuals with monkeypox are advised to isolate and avoid contact with others until they are no longer infectious. Monkeypox vaccines are available across the state at 14 healthcare providers and locations. Vice President Kamala Harris says Massachusetts is a model that other states should follow when it comes to protecting access to abortions and reproductive health. Harris was in the Bay State yesterday to meet with several lawmakers, including Governor Charlie Baker. This moment requires us to see there are extremist so-called leaders who believe that the way forward is to restrict rights. There's so much at stake right now. This was Harris's first visit to Massachusetts as vice president. More than $10 million in grants will be awarded to several cities across the Commonwealth from the Massachusetts Gaming Commission. The funds, which were established by the gaming law, offer aid to local communities to help offset costs related to casino construction and operation. Close to $6 million of that money will be awarded to projects in Agawam, Northampton, Holyoke, Longmeadow, Springfield, and West Springfield. Scattered afternoon showers and thunderstorms with a high of 90 to 94. Chance for a few evening showers as well, otherwise mostly cloudy, a low of 68 to 74. Sun cloud mix tomorrow, warm and humid. Scattered afternoon showers and thunderstorms, a high of 86 to 90. Back. Low 90s on Sunday with a chance for a few showers. Right. I'm 22 News yeah, Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 yeah. WHMP. Yeah, I know, I don't Hey everyone, Gordon Oliver here. I am privileged, along with my co-pilot Tina Marie, to gather and share a community of people, organizations, and experts who are making a difference in improving and positively impacting the financial lives of others. Financial peace of mind is a marathon, not a sprint, so we're cutting through the clutter to help you attain or continue to attain financial freedom. When you have that little blue check mark on Twitter, you're authentic, and no one is more authentic than crypto expert Dan Held of Kraken. Listen in on Saturday at 9.30 a.m. right here on WHMP. 586-1000. Good phone number, right? <laughs> it's the number Whalen Insurance got when we opened in 1961. Okay, well, um, well, it's I'm, still our number more than 60 years later. If you need an insurance quote or have a claim, just call 586-1000.
We answer the phone, ready to help. That's our pledge to you, until now. Now when you call, we'll answer. And if it's something clerical or routine, like an address change, we're going to transfer you to the Arbella Insurance Call Center in Quincy. You'll be connected with a real person there, too. You won't be entering your policy number on the dial pad. The Arbella Call Center. I told myself Whalen Insurance would never do this, but insurance agent friends all over New England tell me it actually works really well. So we're going to try it. And if it doesn't work well, I'm sure you'll let us know by calling 586-1000. Whalen Insurance. Local people, local service, local insurance. In partnership with Arbella Insurance. What if there were a way to go into cancer surgery or treatment feeling more comfortable and optimistic? Recorded meditations can help. Doctors have said that it makes their job simpler. Nurses tell us their patients may go home sooner and need less pain medication. Cancer Connection creates custom meditations for people affected by cancer, and you don't even have to come in. Go to cancer-connection.org to learn more or donate today. Cancer Connection relies on local donations to make its services free of charge. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And before turning to our guest for this segment, who we have on the line from down south in the D.C. area, Max Richmond, the president and CEO of the Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. I'd just like to set the table a little bit for the conversation that we're going to have. Um, Massachusetts has almost 440,000 public employees, which... That's according to the last census. It amounts to about 13% of our workforce in Massachusetts. And while that might sound like a lot, in fact, I was surprised when I looked it up this morning, we're 48th in the country. Uh, Only Nevada and Pennsylvania, Nevada with 12.5% and Pennsylvania with 12.2% have a smaller percentage of public employees. The reason I'm talking about Massachusetts and its public employees is because here in the Commonwealth, um, public employees, they have membership in a contributory, by a contributory, certain amount is taken out of their paycheck, certain amount is contributed uh, by the, the Commonwealth to a retirement system. It is mandatory for nearly all who are employed by the Commonwealth or one of its uh, sort of municipal entities on a full-time basis. And while it's a bit of an overstatement for our purposes today, our public employees participate in this mandatory system rather than in the federal social security retirement system. Um, a majority of public employees here, however, worked at some point for a non-governmental person or entity, in which case they were contributing to social security. Money was being taken out of their paycheck in order to provide for the fund, which eventually would provide social security for them. So even though they were not contributing to Social Security during their tenure as public employees, all, if not all, most, the vast majority, had had funds withheld for Social Security. We're going to hear from Max Richmond what the windfall elimination provision is and how it impacts those people. Max, as always, thank you so much for being here to educate us about what's happening on the Hill. In this well, case... thank you again for inviting me, Buzz. This... Uh, this issue of the government pension offset has been floating around for decades. And what happens to the, all those people you talked about, and they're you know, teachers, nurses, firefighters, public employees of all sorts, 
their their social security benefits that they paid into at some point as well as the uh, pensions uh, that they paid into their social security benefits are subject to a reduction because they were public employees and put in uh, funds to that pension system which as you accurately pointed out was mandatory they should not be penalized they put in money in social security uh... they should receive benefits based on their contributions the number of years the quarters that they contributed and the formula that's used to award benefits uh... based on that unfortunately they are penalized have been for as i said for decades so there is finally uh, legislation on the horizon that would rectify that that would eliminate that penalty uh... it's something we've been working on for a very long time i can't go to a town hall meeting and and not have this come up because it impacts so many people that participate in our town hall meetings so there's a freestanding piece of legislation uh congressman from republican congressman from illinois rodney davis has <clears throat> introduced it uh, it has over 290 co-sponsors bipartisan obviously with that many co-sponsors and uh it needs to be voted on there's been a reluctance uh, uh by the leadership in the congress to move this legislation uh, but uh, based on the rules in the House of Representatives, if a bill has received co-sponsors and at that extent, 290 is the cutoff, it, it is possible to bring it uh, to the floor of the House on something called a consent calendar, even if the leadership isn't uh, promoting it and, and approving of it. So uh, there was a press conference uh, a couple days ago about this. Uh, there is a lot of momentum to get this accomplished uh, when the Congress, when the House of Representatives comes back after, the, after Labor Day. At the same time, I wanted to mention there's another vehicle that's been, uh, uh, that's available for fixing the government pension offset. And, the, and also something called the windfall elimination provision, which applies to uh, spouses' benefits of those, uh, those employees. Both uh, are their, their Social Security in both categories are now being reduced. So the, what, we, what we would like to see happen is something that uh, uh, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, Richie Neal, I'm sure your listeners know him well. I think they do. A strong, strong proponent of Social Security has been working on as well, and he has folded in a fix, a similar fix to the government pension offset in a larger piece of legislation uh, that is uh, the principal sponsor is John Larson, the congressman from Connecticut, it has about 200 and I think three or four co-sponsors. And it, it does more than deal with the government pension offset. It extends the solvency of Social Security, improves the minimum benefit, um, has a more accurate measure for the cost of for inflation for purposes of a COLA, cost of living adjustment. The difference in these two approaches 
is uh, Chairman Neal's um, provision in the Congressman Larson's bill. It's called the Social Security 2100 Act. Is actually paid for because more money in that bill is brought into the program by applying the payroll tax to those individuals who earn more than $400,000 a year in wages. Right now, the cap is 147000 in wages. So more money is brought in. It pays for uh, dealing with the government pension offset as well as some of the other improvements I mentioned. Uh, the, the piece of legislation that has 290-plus co-sponsors does fix the problem but doesn't pay for it. In other words, it comes out of the Social Security current uh, trust fund, and that would have a negative impact on the solvency, the duration. For everybody. For everybody, right. So you're exactly right. So we would prefer Chairman Neal's approach. Uh, We're working to get that uh, through his committee after Labor Day and passed by the House of Representatives. In fact, uh, we just had a call with the chairman of the Social Security Subcommittee of Ways and Means, John Larson, uh, a couple of days ago, and there's going to be a day of action uh, in the middle of uh, August where we're, we're using all our social media as well as many other groups that are involved in this to put some pressure on those few members of Congress who haven't signed up. It's my understanding that the speaker... Uh, has uh, told uh, Chairman Larson uh, that uh, she would bring this up if he had 280 locked-in votes. So we're about 14 or 15 short of that in the co-sponsorship, and we're working to lock in that number. So that if that is brought up and is passed, we're going to have a fix finally to the government pension offset that will be paid for and will not, as you so accurately put it, hurt the program overall and hurt all beneficiaries by reducing the amount of money that's in Social Security. Hi, this is Bill Newman. We've spoken on my show, and I would love to say this back to you and ask you this the question of how much. So let me say this back to you. Someone goes and works at a job and pays into Social Security for 10 or 15 years. They then go and work for a state agency they, or become a teacher or get in, in any event are no longer in the Social Security system. They're in the state system. They then right. retire after 30 or 35 years. They only receive the 15 or so years worth of credit for working for the state. There's an offset for the private security, uh, Social Security contributions they've made. They are right. really being hurt. That's the way the system has worked up till this point. Uh, it's clearly unfair. You have a remedy for this. Uh, Representative Neal seems to have a remedy for this. That said, the Social Security uh, Fund essentially has been pocketing this money and saving it by not paying it out, by not paying out the benefits. So how much money is involved, and how can you be sure that this offset, that the offset will be, once it's eliminated, will in fact be paid for? You know, I couldn't give you an exact amount. I can tell you, talk about the pay for, but uh, I couldn't give you an exact amount because uh, the formula uh, has not been uh, locked in. Uh, there are some, uh, some people 
depending on how much they put into Social Security, uh, how many uh, quarters they put in. Uh, it could be that their entire Social Security benefit is reduced to zero. That's, that is, that's possible. Uh, and it may be something less than zero as well. But to your larger point, which I think is so important, uh, you are right. As long as, uh, as long as this law has been on the books, which penalizes um, those people that we're talking about by reducing their benefits, that has remained in the social, that those funds have remained in the Social Security uh, system. Um, what, I, what I'm saying is the reality is there is, there is a, a certain amount of money in the, in the Social Security Trust Fund. It's um, close to $3 trillion. With no changes in law whatsoever, when we get to 2035, there will be a reduction, not bankruptcy, but a reduction in, in, the, in the Social Security benefits across the board not just for the people we're talking about, but for everyone, benefits will be 77 to 78% of what that ought to be, 2035. That's not that far away. So the point I was trying to make, whether the, the system was fair, whether these people should not have been penalized all these years, which I think they should not have been, the fact is we are where we are, and if more money is paid, virtue of eliminating this uh, the government pension offset, that date would move up. Would it, move, it might move up a year, a little more. I really, I, I, there's no way I could tell you at the moment. But it would have, there's no doubt that it would have a, a negative impact. So that's why I support fixing this in a way that brings more money into the program so don't, nobody is, is negatively impacted. Which involves uh, a little bit more taxation, pay your fair share for people who make $400,000 or more. Oh, we, I, you know, um, I've used this. It, it really goes to fairness. Goes to the, fairness. The, the cap on wages changes a little bit every year. It goes up a little bit. So if you start, and the reason I think the 400000 number was picked is President Biden has made a commitment that nobody earning less than that is going to pay any more taxes as long as he's president. And so that's where this $400,000 figure came from. That's a good place to do it. We are yeah, speaking with Max Richmond. You know, I used an example once a couple years ago. The, the, the cap was a little bit less than 147000 as I said, it changes a little bit every year. But I, I referred to a very, very good basketball player who's paid, paid, has paid a lot of money. He reaches that cap. I mentioned his name once early on in an interview, and I got a lot of pushback on that, so I won't do that. But he reaches that cap. It was about, I think it was 140000 at the time, a couple years ago. Halfway through the first quarter of the first game of the basketball. <laughs> I the know. It is so patently the unfair. The quarter, the game, the season, the playoffs, the championship, no more payroll tax. And we a, need progressive taxation. We are, well, hang on, Max. We're going to have to take a break. We are speaking with Max Richmond, president and CEO of the Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. Max is an advocate for each and every American. 
We all need what he does. We're going to be back with Max. We're going to talk a bit about the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes the right to negotiate over prescription drugs by Medicare. We'll be back with Max right after this. Happy talk, keep talking, happy talk. Talk about things you'd like to do. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. On our next show, a special edition of Black in the Valley with attorney Leon Smith, executive director of Citizens for Juvenile Justice and Councilwoman Alicia Walker and community activist Pat Ananabaku. The issue is young black males and the Amherst police telling them they have no rights. Please join us Monday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. Do you know what's going on in business in Western Mass? You do if you read Business West. Find out which companies are growing, which companies are innovating. Learn about people on the move, people taking the lead. Every issue of Business West is packed with business news, including incorporations, building permits, real estate transactions, and bankruptcies. Pick up a copy or read Business West online. The vital business news is in Business West, the business journal of Western Mass. If your Spanish-speaking employees spoke better English, would that be good for business? If your English-speaking employees spoke a little Spanish, would that be good for business? The International Language Institute delivers workplace language training, improving communication among coworkers and with customers. You get financial assistance with the Massachusetts Workplace Training Express Fund. They cover 50 to 100% of the cost. So let's get going. Call or email the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. I'm not sure if opposites attract, but most couples differ greatly in their views about household finances. I'm Frances Rayum, the money doctor, with Hug Your Money. Money is a very volatile topic, and most seem to either argue about it or rarely discuss it. A sort of division of labor emerges, one partner becoming the steward of household finances, the other less directly involved. This arrangement may work until a stressor is introduced, college expenses, budgeting issues, impending retirement, etc. That's when sparks can fly. Each person's perspective is quite different, and it's likely only a short-term solution if any will arise. The Hug Plan presents an easy-to-follow, long-term solution that helps get both partners on the same page, alleviating stress and inspiring them to manage their finances successfully. I'm Frances Ray, I'm the Money Doctor. We now offer advanced tools and financial coaching using our patented system, all under one umbrella. For more information and to schedule your free consultation, visit our website at hugyourmoney.com. Want to support the kind of talk you hear on the Afternoon Buzz? Want to hear your business's message here on WHMP? Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. We'll help you craft a marketing message that'll reach listeners of your favorite WHMP show. And you'll be supporting the local news, Valley Talk, and progressive voices you hear right here on WHMP. Let us know about your message. Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. And add your message to our mission. And hear your message right here on WHMP. Your message at whmp.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back with uh, Max Richmond, the president and CEO of a committee you should know about, the Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. Its work is to secure all of our retirements, all of our 
elderly years. So um, it's a committee that you should learn about if you don't already know about it, and certainly deserving of our support. Um, uh, Max Richmond, the um, we were just talking about the windfall elimination provision and and these uh, government offsets for pensions. Um, I'd like to turn our attention to the uh, Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. We know that Senator Kirsten Cinema apparently is, after a few tweaks by the, the, what's called the carried interest loophole, and they added a drought protection provision, which actually sounds like a good idea since Arizona is running out of water. She has been involved and is willing to support this. And uh, I know that one of the provisions we're focused on climate it's i think a total of uh, 369 billion dollars for uh, energy security and climate change but um also uh part of i think a substantial part of it also involves the right the ability which it never had before for medicare to negotiate prescription drug pricing reform with the pharmacologists pharmacology companies is what can you tell us about that i know you've worked on that Oh, I've worked on it. I've worked on it since 2003. <laughs> uh, you're right. Uh, it looks like the Democrats, with Senator Sinema uh, and some changes to her concerns about uh, dealing with the carried interest loophole, which affects the uh, private uh, hedge fund and private equity managers, as well as I think some changes in the way companies. Uh, uh, deduct depreciated assets from their taxes. There have been some, and I don't know the details. I don't, uh, you know, it's pretty closely held at this point. But it's, apparently, she's on board, and they're going to pass it. Pre- negotiating for prescription drugs uh, by the government uh, is is prohibited. That is a crime, in my opinion. In 2003, Medicare added a Part D uh, prescription drug component and began covering the cost of prescription drugs for Medicare uh, beneficiaries. I happened to have been, was in the gallery of the House watching the debate. I left about one in the morning. Sometime between when I left and when I turned on uh, the news the next morning, there was a provision inserted in that legislation that specifically prohibits the government from negotiating with the pharmaceutical companies to get the best price for Medicare beneficiaries. It is breathtaking, Max. No matter what pharma wants to charge Medicare for these tens of millions of recipients, that's what the government has to pay. Right, right. So you know who was in the room when that deal was made, it wasn't the Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. It was the, the pharmaceutical industry. And the, there were two committees in the House that had jurisdiction over this prescription drug benefit legislation. One of the chairmen of one of them who drove this uh, uh, prohibition, when his term ended shortly thereafter, after it became law, guess uh, Buzz, where he went to work. I, I, I could guess it at pharmaceutical. And we- the head lobbyist for pharma, the Pharmaceutical Manufacturer Research Association, the trade group, 
uh, for the pharmaceutical industry. This whole thing stinks. It really stinks. Max, I want to just tell you, we only have one minute before we have a hard out. So what should people know about if this passes? It's a really good, it's really good news. It's going to lower the cost of prescription drugs uh, for Medicare beneficiaries. It's not everything we wanted. It's, uh, I think, 10 drugs the first year, going up to 20 two years later. But it, is, it, it, it will address the most expensive drugs that seniors are now paying for. In addition, this will save not only money for Medicare beneficiaries, will save almost $300 billion for the government for its part in covering prescription drugs for Medicare. So the, only, the winners are uh, taxpayers, seniors, the losers, about time, I think, the pharmaceutical industry. It is just, uh, talk about windfall elimination provisions. <laughs> there you go. Listen, I can't thank you enough for not only appearing on our show, but and explaining things so well for us, but for everything that you do for all of us. We're all, if we're lucky, going to be old. We're all, if we're lucky, going to be recipients of uh, Social Security and Medicare. And Max, I want you to stay cool down there. I know you you got some heat going on. I I consider myself lucky to be a guest on your program. Oh, thank you, Max. It's really kind. Everybody, thank you for joining us. We'll be back on Monday with quality guests like Max Richmond. Have a great weekend. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. Grow Food Northampton helps you make the local food system better. This is Michael Skillicorn, Director of Programs. You can join us by shopping at Northampton Tuesday Market, getting a plot at our community garden in Florence, buying a farm share at Crimson and Clover or Sawmill Herb Farm. You can volunteer with us in our giving garden or participate in our neighborhood markets that bring the local food movement to underserved communities in Northampton. Get involved and support our work at growfoodnorthampton.com. E hablamos español. The only live and local talk in the Valley and for the Valley. WHMP Northampton, WHMQ Greenfield, a Northampton radio group station. It's 5 o'clock.